Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delt and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. back for yet another um, quick introduction podcast on some DevOps types of technologies that a lot of you are asking about, a lot of you are, are, are learning about, and so forth. In this one, we're going to talk about something called uh, continuous integration and continuous deployment, or sometimes you'll hear it called CI, CD. Uh, Jonas Roslin, welcome back. Thank you. So what in the world is continuous integration and continuous deployment? So kind of the, the standard way of looking at this is that you're, you're developing something. You are a, a developer of a certain application and you want to make sure that that application actually uh, is well written. So we talked about this earlier in the GitHub episode that you can uh, integrate your central repositories of code together with other tools like Jenkins and Travis, for instance, uh, which are continuous integration tools. What they do is that they look at your code. When you make a change to your code, uh, it can be uh, um, a merge into the, the master repository, or it can be as simple as the pull request that we, defi- uh, that we talked about as well. When you make that change, it automatically goes out and, and looks at your code, uh, verifies that the code looks good, that it actually runs, that it doesn't have any faults in it, and makes sure that it works. And kind of ticks all the, uh, the check boxes for, uh, for verified code, essentially. Okay. So, you know, I, I think a number of people are familiar with these sort of things. So I, I, have, a, I have a project. Um, I work on it for a while. And then we wait for all the other parts of the project to get done. And then we wait for a, like a, an, an outage window at you know maybe 2 in the morning to 6 in the morning. And we're going to do this big upgrade. That's, that's what we're talking about, right? No, definitely not. Okay. That's not what we want. Okay. What are we, so, so I guess that's the continuous part of these definitions. What, is, what does it mean when we're talking about continuous? Yeah. So the, uh, the part of the continuous integration is kind of like uh, um, that we want to make sure that all the pieces fit together uh, while we're creating the thing that we're working on. We want to make sure that it actually works. All the pieces work together. Uh, everything works as a system. Then we have the other part of it, the continuous deployment, where we want to be able to deploy this as quickly and as smoothly as possible because we we don't want outages definitely not that's why we right. always scheduled for uh, a main a large maintenance window when we do large upgrades mm-hmm. but in in more modern methodologies when you look at agile methodologies for instance where you want to make small changes fast um, you can't set up a a time window of 8 to 12 hours 2 weeks out you want to push out this code maybe in the next hour. Okay. So with continuous deployment, we actually have um, plugins or um, these continuous deployment tools are usually plugged into the continuous integration tools. So we can have, um, when a change is made to a code base, we, we push it up to GitHub, for instance. We have Travis or Jenkins uh, try uh, test everything out. They can also then... Uh, push to other systems that then can build a deployment 
method for us. So that deployment method might be uh, deploy uh, or rather build it into an RPM package that we push out using Puppet or Chef, or we maybe we build it into a Docker container or something else. Okay. So before we go any further, let's let's kind of put this in context because I think sometimes people, it, it's interesting to talk about it, but but let, let's put a little reality to it. So, for example, let's take a let's take a website that lots of people go to on a regular basis. So let's take something like, I don't know, uh, one of the news sites like a CNN or mm -hmm. an ESPN.com or, or even Facebook, right? If you look at that website, um, it, it's kind of misleading to even call it a website anymore. It really is probably dozens or even hundreds of applications somehow delivering that information that you see on one web page, correct? Yes, definitely. Okay, and I think that's one of the things that's really important for people to understand. Um, if if that thing was really just one website, if it was or it was one application, you know, an application, and I wanted to make changes to it. So, for example, there's a there's a big event in the world that goes on, or you know, you want to push something out, you'd have to take everything down, right? So yeah, and that's not what we want. Right, and so really, what we're getting at is with more modern applications, things become incredibly modular in terms of the application. And the benefit of that is um, I can make changes to any of those little applications without hopefully impacting all the other ones, right? Yeah. And that's, so, so that's where there's a, there's a reason to go, oh, okay, if I'm not going to impact them, it would be great if I could make updates and changes all the time if necessary. Yeah, and I think your your analogy there of a news website of sorts uh, is actually a really good one. Looking at CNN, for instance, where you have a stock ticker, the stock ticker isn't really connected to the image service where you get all your new photos or the ad service. So you can make changes to any of those and they are independent, but they will all show up on the same website later on. You can see the website is kind of the, the front end to all these uh, dozens or hundreds of applications that are underlying there. Right. And it, it starts to get into, you know, we're seeing more and more of these applications that are kind of dynamic. So your view of what you see might be very different from what I see because it's trying to personalize it for me, or it's trying to say, based on the, the clicks that you might have made, Jonas, I'm going to do some other analysis and, and give you a more personalized experience or a, or a location-specific experience or a language-specific experience, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. So, okay, so now that we have it in context a little bit, what is what might, what might be the types of things that somebody does that, you know, would involve a CI and CD system? What are the types of changes? How, you know, what how big are those changes? Are we talking about the entire application? Are we talking about bits and pieces of it? Are we talking about just the developers? Is this something testers can deal with? Yeah. What are some of the interactions so, with this system? So um, there are a bunch of different ones, and, and I think you bring up pretty much all of the, uh, the ones that are prominent ones. So you have full-on deployments of things uh, where you um, create code, and then you have a CICD system that gives you some sort of artifact that you can then deploy. That could be an RPM package or a Docker container or something like that. Um, that package of things can then be deployed using something. Okay. Uh, if you don't want to uh, do it that brute forcey, <laughs> uh, you can definitely um, 
make smaller changes as well. It all depends on your type of application and the, the way your application is built out. Is your application just one static binary? Well, you have to ch change that one. But if your application is built out of thousands of files, might be a web server, for instance, mm -hmm. um, you can make changes to just the files that you will uh, that you want to make changes to, and only those files will um, only those file changes will mm -hmm. then be pushed out. Okay. So it all depends on, on kind of your application and, and what type of application you're making changes to. Okay, let me let me try and connect a few dots again here. So uh, in one podcast we talked about GitHub. So that was the that was the tool for keeping track of my software. You know, the repositories of my software, the updates to my software. Um, we talked about in another one configuration management. So when I'm ready to push new configurations to a set of machines, um, these are the tools that are going to help me do it. These are the ones that are going to do it consistently. And CI/CD can can sort of sit in between the two of those, right? So CI/CD might take my software repository when there's updates, test it automatically, and like you said, there's an artifact, there's a thing that comes out of that. Those those configuration management tools could then become the thing that, that push them out to the machines and, and have them do updates and, and new work, correct? Exactly. That's exactly how it can work. Now, um, so I've done opposite different times of stuff, and unfortunately, sometimes we, we screw up. Things happen. We make mistakes. A bug gets introduced. Um, how does a CI CD system help me to not not so much avoid the bugs because a lot of times you want to do it right, but but what if I screw up and I kind of want to go, oh, go back, go back, go back, go back. How, is there something that can help me with that on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's the same methodology as you um, as if you were to introduce a new feature. Mm -hmm. Let's say uh, a new feature for the stock ticker on CNN.com. So um, you push out the feature, uh, the, the feature gets built and it gets pushed out into, the, uh, into production and all of a sudden all the stock tickers are broken. So to make that bug fix, you don't go to the stock ticker server and make the change there. You push out the change, uh, the bug fix, just like you did your feature, uh, up to the central code repository. It automatically gets checked out and built and deployed out again. So the same way you're uh, rolling out new upgrades, you should be rolling out your bug fixes as well. Okay. So you treat everything the same You've got the ability to, to automate it so that hopefully it's consistent so that the, the person who worked on it at 2 in the afternoon it can look like the same as the person doing it at 2, at two in the morning. And exactly. you've got these, these nice rollback features in case something happens because sometimes things happen that are outside of your, outside of your control. Um, okay, good. So uh, I think we're going to stop there. I think we've given folks a sense of, you know, why do I have a continuous integration system? It's, you know, we're seeing applications are changing. We're seeing people wanting to um, use technology faster for the business and make changes for it. We're seeing that it's part of a, a pipeline between making and keeping your software and deploying your software. And we're seeing that um, it adds a level of, of consistency and automation across you know these things that you're trying to do repetitively over and over again. So Jonas, thank you very much and uh, look forward to the next one.